Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. All right, everybody, we want to take a second to talk to you about an amazing sponsor. We have an amazing relationship with RayAllen.com. Ray Allen is a one-stop shop for everything dog, not just working dogs. Everything dog that you need, you can go down there, check them out, RayAllen.com. Awesome people. They got everything you need. Another one of our favorite partnerships is with a dog trip. They've been with us from the start. Uh, great collars, great ball poppers, great GPS tracking, big dog, small dog, bark collars, everything. I got everything like that they have at the kennel. We use it every day. Be sure to head them up, dogtrip.com. Listen for the discount code later in the episode. Hits 2023 is being held in Scottsdale, Arizona. I hear they have a, at the hotel, they have like this super high-end shopping outside. And I think you can go surfing in the desert, which I'm super looking forward to. Anyway, Scottsdale, Arizona. August 15th to the 18th. So hurry up and register now to save a spot and make sure you get a room. Take the guesswork out of making sure you're feeding your working dog correctly by using Kinetic Dog Food. Hit them up at kineticdogfood.com and look them up on the Instagrams at kineticdogfood. Take all the guesswork out and do it right from the beginning. We love Horizon Structures. Dude, this stuff is so awesome, man. You can get online. You can talk to them. You could build it you want from Mild to wild, they'll come bring it to your place, set it down on your pad, hook up your power, hook up your water, and you can put dogs in it that day. If you don't believe me, check out some guys like uh, Justin Rigney. He's got a great setup there. Ask him. Check him out, horizonstructures.com. All right, everybody, we are back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting the bite from downtown Pittsburgh um, at the Hold the Line Conference. Another episode coming from there. Um, As always, of course, my name is Eric Stamro, and with me is Ted Summers. Ted, how has it been going? Man, it's been going great. Uh, there's a lot of people. Like you mentioned, uh, we uh, interviewed Nesbeth a while ago, and uh, the at class it in, it's been pretty good, right? Like, we've had, like, lots of people in there. And yeah. uh, it's been uh, – I've been pretty impressed, like, with the prizes. The food's been good. Uh, there's been free beer every night, so uh, – I think you went through, like, four kegs the first night. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> a couple – few last night. He's getting some for tonight. They're doing a little bit different this year. They're yep. They're doing a – um, an event tonight where typically they would be closing down and people would be leaving and that that's happening. Some people are going to leave, but there's some people stayed till to leave on Friday. So yeah, um, that could be a shit show. So no, cause nobody's got to get up in the morning uh, unless they're flying, but nobody's got to. Yeah. <laughs> our, our, guest, one. our guest flies out at five in the morning. Yeah. So yeah. Speaking of our guest, um, John Abu Slaman, I'm yep. sitting here looking at it and he and I have acted, interacted on uh, Instagram and Facebook for you know years and stuff he works for uh alabama canine down in obviously alabama um so when he's doing some did two classes this week yep. um you did the basic muzzle course and then you're doing the advanced muzzle work so go ahead and give us a little bit of your background um how you ended up here and at alabama canine what led all that stuff and then we'll go right into the classes yeah sure um started dog training about 11 12 years ago i uh, went to school i went to uh, the tom rose school um, from there, just worked with a bunch of different people. Ended up in Texas right after school, and I worked with hunting dogs for a while. Then moved on to uh, pet dogs and sport dogs and all that stuff. And then four years, about four years ago now, um, got the opportunity to move down to Alabama and just specifically, ex- uh, exclusively work with police dogs. And I jumped on that opportunity and been doing that ever since. Uh, we just mainly focus on uh, training handlers, training dogs, and putting them out the street and uh, making sure they're safe and do their job. 
Yeah. So you did yesterday, you did the basic muzzle course and then this morning you did the advanced. So give me like a little like basic, like what that was about. And then we'll move right into. Sure. Uh, we start off by going uh, over just muzzle, uh, just conditioning, the different types of muzzles that we like using or the one muzzle we like using. Usually we use a Kai just because they're breathable, they're adjustable and just down in Alabama in that heat. Mm. Yeah, um, the dogs have an ability to drink water and get good air out of those muzzles. Um, so we go over just different ways to condition the dog, depending on how much time and patience and experience you have uh, training. You just stick the dog's head in there, put put a hot dog in there, get the dog used to putting his head in there, or just marker training. Just get the dog to marker train, just click whenever he puts his nose in there, and that takes a little bit of time, but it's the best results. It just really depends on uh, experience on the part of the handler but what is not is a fight <laughs> yeah that is 100 percent truth uh 100 so. <laughs> actually talk about fight uh i recently just a couple weeks ago i had a dog extreme prey drive this dog will grab anything out of your hands so the first time i tried to put a muzzle on him grabbed the muzzle and would not let it go so I had to teach him an out first, <laughs> and then I taught him how to put a muzzle on. And uh, he's actually a great dog now, but yeah. <laughs> he's one of those dogs where you're like, I'll remember you for the rest of my life. Yeah, and grabbing everything he's it's mine is mine, and what yours is mine. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> mountain wall. Luckily, he wasn't the type of dog that would just grab your hand too. He was, he was just uh, fixated on whatever you got in your hand, so that made it okay. Uh, so we we go over the just conditioning um, genetics. The difference between prey, uh, defensive, and uh, fight drives. Just what you want your dog to look, uh, uh, work in when you're working with muzzle stuff. Um, agitation, just how important it is for an agitator to be good and experienced when it comes to muzzle fighting. Um, an agitator can make or break a dog. Yep. Um, there's no way around it. A good agitator will make your dog great, and a bad agitator will just... And muzzle work is the hardest work as a decoy. Yes. Hands down. Absolutely. You have no no help. Like the bite suit usually helps an agitator, you know. The dog does sees it and he's like, oh, big pillow. Right. And goes after it. And Well, and then there's the whole issue too. I mean, because I'm sure you sat through Carlos and Nesbeth's deal, um, right? And Carlos and Nesbeth are fantastic decoys, right? So mm -hmm. when we teach decoys, like when we teach decoys, like how to decoy, right? We're, we're teaching them how to mark. Like we teach that nice punch. We yep. teach that nice first firm full mm -hmm. grip. We teach all those things. And it's all revolving around the dog doing something to get the reaction out of the decoy. Yep. And now we don't have that. When we put a muzzle on, so now it becomes this entire like – how, what behaviors do we want? How do we mark them? And what does that look like for the dog? And what's the end result going to be, which I, which yeah. is the advanced portion for you guys. So yeah, well the advanced portion, like the advanced class I went over is more like a um, uh, scenario and picture based right. training. So it's a little bit advanced, advanced. Uh, it's not like uh, getting the dog to go from biting a bite suit to muzzle fighting, but um, talking about um, agitation is just the agitator has to be quick on his feet. He has to read the dog as it's happening. He has to react to the dog. You could see peaks and dips in the dog's drives, and you have to react to him on the spot. It's just um, that's why muzzle fighting is kind of difficult for new uh, agitators and decoys um, and people that can't really read the dog's psychology and body language and all that as it's happening. So um, I go over that in the basic course. 
Um, and then the safety, uh, agitator say, yeah. or, you know, keeping your hands closed and out of the dog's muzzle. And, um, I don't know what it is about new decoys. Like it's like, it, yeah, it's it like the red yeah. button, right? Like don't push the red button. And they're like, Ooh, my brow yeah. is sweating. I'm going to pull this off. I'm going to get fucking bit. You've, it'll be amazing how many times I've had new, uh, agitators just, just barely, you know, get grazed by that dog's teeth. And I'm like, didn't I tell you to keep your fists closed? Why, why do you have your, why do you have your fingers in the dog's muzzle? <laughs> it's just the way it is. When we put this episode up, I need to remind, I'll remind Logan to, uh, put the a picture of an, Oh shit. I call it the Oh shit strap mm-hmm. that goes on the muzzle, like at the top of the eye line. Yeah. And I use a tiny locking carabiner that goes onto a flat collar. Yeah. So we can't pull the fucking muzzle off. Um, <laughs> the other thing new agitators do too, is they ball up and cover their head. And then the dog starts learning to punch in the head. And I'm like, yeah. just don't do that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Some dogs dogs love the feet. Some dogs love the head. I don't know what it is. This is what it looks like fucking doing the Mexican hat dance. (laughs) Chasing your feet around and you're bouncing around. They're like, ah! So if you have, so so we're moving into advance and we're going to do, say, a building search scenario. And um, you don't have uh, the super most experienced guy. I mean, you're teaching people. What do you tell that guy who's going to be the agitator in the room? Uh, the dog's going to come in, do this. I usually, if the dog's experienced enough, I would try, I hope that I have a dog that's experienced enough when I'm putting him against a non-experienced agitator. Um, I tell all my students this. I'm like, when I send this dog on you, make me believe he's really biting you. Obviously, if he's biting you for real, tell me live, but I'll I'll end it there. Um, But if... If you make me believe that the dog is really biting you and he's hurting you, I'll go in there and I'll be more likely to end that scenario quicker than if you're just going, oh, ow, that hurt. Oh, ow, that hurt. You know, so um, as long as their acting ability is there and just move away from the dog. The dog hits you, you just move. Just keep giving to the dog. I don't care if you hit the dog. I don't care if you flank the dog. Right now, for your experience level, just move away. The dog hits you and you just move away from the dog. Get on the ground a little bit, get back up. You can try smacking them on the side if you if you, if the dog's having a hard time keeping engaged with you because you're just acting like a floppy fish. Um, but that's basically, if the agitator's not experienced, I just try to make it as experienced dog and just as little for the agitator to do as possible. Just be safe, don't hurt the dog, right. don't get yourself bit. All that. One of the things that I like to remind new decoys too um, in muzzle work, uh, and I and I and Eric hit on it just a minute ago, but targeting is still really important here um, as well. And um, I, I tell my new guys, or even my my current decoys or my trainers, I'm like, you know, I make sure we're giving them an, an, an applicable target, mm-hmm. and don't try and fucking catch them. Like, don't <laughs> like, mm-hmm. don't, don't put your, you can't see me right now, but don't put your fucking hands together in front of your chest. Yeah. And so like, you still have to confirm good targeting, and yeah. especially if you're rolling around, because that's like Eric said, they start getting you in the fucking head, and you start doing the log roll, and they start pushing you around, and. <laughs> Now we have a video of you of the, your dog biting in the head. Well, a lot of times you also see agitators just stick their arm out like they're catching on a sleeve, yep. and that's not really what you want. You don't want the dog to look for that arm when he's running after someone, and he sees him and just pulls that arm out of the dog's way. You want the dog to be more center mass, and that's just where you want the dog to fight. And if you just have a you know agitator just stick his arm out like that, the dog's just going to look for that all the time. Uh, when in reality, he's not going to have that ability you know, on the street. 
Um, you also have a lot of agitators that push the dog away constantly, just trying to deflect the pain off of them. I tell my guys, you guys are expendable. The dog, we're trying to teach the dog here. Yeah. The dog's a heavyweight champion. You're just a sparring partner. Let him beat up on you. You could throw a few things in, uh, in there, just let the dog, you know, see you um, flank him, pick him up, whatever. But in the end of the day, we're just teaching the dog to beat the crap out of you. And um, don't push the dog away because that's just going to make the dog get frustrated and go low or you're going to see him give up. Yeah. The dog's just going to be like, All right, I don't know how to win. Yeah. I, they took away my teeth. I'm stuck in this muzzle thing. And he's pushing me away the entire time. I don't know what to do. So I just tell my guys, keep keep the dog engaged with you and not pushing push him away. Um, and you should be fine. That's one thing I was going to bring up. You know, we see one of the things I see guys that are doing – basic scenarios or whatever is after a period of time, the dog will go flat, yes. kind of flatten out. Um, guys tend to push it too long, I think. So if, if listening to this right now is a, a, a training group with handlers in it and they're like, we're going to do muzzle and speak to the handler. Like, this is what you need to be watching for and ending this scenario. Like right now, what yeah. are you looking for? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's exactly true. I mean, when we first start, when we start, muzzle fighting it's no longer than maybe 10 seconds per fight you know and you could do it multiple times but you got to reset you got to get the dog understanding that he's winning so the way we do it is um we teach the dog to chase the guy away right so the dog's never being dragged away from the bad guy the dog's always pushing the bad guy away and the reason for that is just if you think about like two wolves fighting in the wild territorially um the winner is not going to run away from the uh, from the loser. It's usually the loser being chased off by the winner, and that's what we want to sort of incorporate in the dog psychology. Is you could you could win against this guy, and he's going to run away from you, and you're going to chase, and you're still going to have the frustration. You can still build that frustration in the dog, but you're not going to you're not going to get the dog feeling like he's defeated by pulling him off. So um, yeah, so. When we do the short sessions, it's always the bad guy runs away. The bad guy runs away, and the dog's being ch chasing the bad guy. And then the dog starts building up, and you could make it longer and longer. That's uh, one thing. We interviewed Todd Mona, um, and Eric mentioned this. Did you mention, you mentioned it in your presentation. Yeah, my presentation. I and, about. you know, and one of Todd's deals with building searches is, um, like, you know, you just said, like, the they, the loser gets to, has to leave, right? Yeah. So we ask the dog out off of a decoy, and then the decoy has to leave the room. And we do a similar version of Torchlight of what you're talking about. And I leapfrog from room to room. Mm -hmm. So we do, and we use, I use opposition reflex on a long line, right? So once the dog, and he's at a super high state of drive, right? And that's when we end the exercise and let him fucking bark and chase the decoy out of the room. And then we get him back under control, make another announcement, send him across the hallway to the next room. And we just let him push the decoy through the building, out of the room, out of the room, out of the room, out of the room, out of the room constantly. Yep. And you end up with some some pretty some pretty intense behaviors and like you said you start dragging the time out and mm -hmm. so i tell my trainers um and i tell my handlers when we do muzzle work i was like our goal is intensity a duration of intensity yeah. so we want a high level of intensity over a long amount of time and the time span is relative to the age of the experience of the dog and so like you know i got a 16 month old dog like 10 15 seconds yeah. but uh some of my experienced dogs that have street bites mm -hmm. um like when we have a training group it's 150 degrees outside and there's like 12 dogs and they all have like five and six bites. I'm like, you all bite. I don't worry about it. Like we're doing muzzles today. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And those dogs will fight for 35, 45 seconds a minute and Definitely. just fucking beat, knock holes in drywall. And I'm like, yeah. And you don't see that dip in their drive <laughs> because they're used to it. Yeah. Right. They're experienced and they're used to it. 
Um, it's real quick. It's funny yep. that that winter stays philosophy. I started using that and bite work for dogs that um, are biting the handler on the way out mm-hmm. and they're dragging yeah. them out. Dude, it clears all that up. I yeah. don't care if we're doing uh, the box biting or mm-hmm. the floor. For that dog. He wins. Yep. The decoy just goes around the corner and hides. Yep. Cap that dog a little bit, walk out, and clearing up a lot. And it also solves a lot of problems. Like uh, a lot of times when dogs get frustrated, they'll turn around. When you're pulling the dog away, they'll turn around and they'll fire off on the handler. Yeah, that's not where all it dogs. <laughs> that drag off. Yeah. yeah. So if yeah. the dog chases the bad guy, he's winning, you're behind him. And then when the dog sort of, you know, gets to the point where you're like, okay, bud, let's go. And you just walk him off, there's yeah. less chance of the dog firing off on you. Um, and also with the chasing out of sight is just the dog takes that mental picture of there's always someone out there for me. Mm-hmm. So you don't hurt the hunt drive. You don't hurt the dog going, well, the last time I saw this guy, he was just in this room and now he's not. And I was dragged out. Right. So you just keep that picture in his mind that there's always someone out and there. We're for not me. dealing with object permanence. Right. So yeah. we move the dog. Right, kind of like a detection find. Like we remove the dog instead of the decoy, and then we ask him to move into a different portion of the mm-hmm. building. And he's like, "No, dude, there was somebody in there." Yeah, you're like, "He's not mm-hmm. there now." So now you've got to fiddle fuck with that. Yeah, and so yeah, it, it definitely solves quite a bit of problems. Yeah. So. Here's a quick question for yep. you. I don't know if you've seen this. We we've seen it a few times when we have uh, muzzle, especially on a dog that's not super. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of reps with it. Mm-hmm. With a female decoy, we're seeing dogs just not engage the females at all. We've had that a couple of times. It's just it, it's just exposure right? at that point. Is especially when they start screaming and screeching. Like the dog, even an experienced dog might go hit, and then she starts screeching. And he goes, "Whoa, yeah, right." I mean, it, I guess it just depends on the dog because we've had dogs bite women on the street yeah. for yeah. for whatever purpose, but. Uh, for some reason, some dogs, when it just happens, they're like, oh, my God, what the hell's going on? Or they just look at them as not non-threatening. Yeah, we try to get the girls to baby talk them yeah. while they're supposed to be punching them. <laughs> yeah, and we've... sometimes they can talk that dog into stopping. Yeah. Like, dude, Billy, like yeah. Billy has the best story. About Billy from uh, Colorado, he's been on the podcast with Brian from Hits. Um, he deployed a dog, um, and they were biting a woman. And she was, they were trying to prevent a barricade. She's trying to go in a building. And, uh, and Billy says, okay, fine. Stellan sends a dog and she heard him. And she's like, yeah, Stellan, Stellan. Mm-hmm. And they're like, the SWAT commander's like, did she seriously give him the bike command? <laughs> she's like trying to sweet talk him. Sweet talk him. And yeah. the dog was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Experienced dogs. Though, it don't work. No. They're going to crush him. Yeah. 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 Um, and I mean, it really depends on I would say the worst luck for for a dog's first bite would probably be a uh, a female and um, their first bite. Yeah, that should make everything so much harder. Passive, passive in the closet. Yeah, <laughs> that would make it a lot got harder. The trifecta of shit. Yeah. All right, one of the largest conferences in the country. Uh, Hits Canine Training Conference. It's America's premier canine training seminar, packed to the brim with the world's best instructors, and me and Eric. All covering important topics. There is no better place to learn and no better place to network with other handlers, breeders, trainers, and vendors. Hits 2023 is being held in Scottsdale, Arizona. I hear they have a, at the hotel, they have like the super high-end shopping outside. And I think you can go surfing in the desert, which I'm super looking forward to. Anyway, Scottsdale, Arizona, August 15th to the 18th. So hurry up and register now to save a spot and make sure you get a room. We'll see everybody there. Largest law enforcement training conference in the world. Tons of training classes. Lots of training topics for everybody and everything, hours included, and more network opportunities. Be sure to hit up Jeff Barrett at 
529-5113, hits K9, letter K number nine dot net, and at hits underscore K9 and all of your socials. One of the best relationships we have in this podcast and in this industry is with the great people down at Kinetic Dog Food. The story of Kinetic uh, Performance Dog Food is pretty simple. They wanted to make a better premium dog food for the dogs that need it the most. Their goal is to give every working and sporting dog a higher energy level, better performance, and better overall health through superior nutrition. So they formulated a line of food based on what they considered to be the optimal profile of a performing of performance dog. They've done tons of research on this. This isn't their first rodeo. These guys know what they're doing. If you're a kennel, they will come to your kennel. They will see the problems that you have. They will check out what works for the dogs that you have. Um, they're amazing people to work with. They drop ship a pallet right to you if you want. Um, I know a lot of guys that use them. There's a bunch of different formulas on there. And uh, 32K might not be for your dogs. Maybe the 26K works. They can adjust it. They'll give you the right ideas what to do in different parts of the year. Winter's different than summer. It's uh, it's really a well-run, good dog food um, company kineticdogfood.com. Be sure to check them out on social media too, man. They're, they're amazing folks. Kineticdogfood.com. So my entire time that I was a handler or a trainer in law enforcement, the cars at my department in the departments that I trained all had American aluminum accessory kennels in the cars, different cars, man, Dodge chargers, all Ford models, some Chevys, uh, SUVs, cars, everything, we loved American Aluminum Accessories. Um, it's a great product, a great company. They've been serving uh, canine law enforcement community for over 20 years. If you check out their uh, website, EZ, that's the letter Z, EZRiderOnline.com. They got testimonials. They got videos on how to. They got a list of everything they have. Uh, just today, we made a post on the Working Dog Radio social media showing a dog that survived a really bad crash because of the American aluminum kennel in the back of the car. Check them out online, guys. EasyRiderOnline.com. Just let them do their thing, man. Whatever car you got for your work, your patrol car, get a hold of them, American aluminum accessories, and get the best in the business. Next up comes uh, training courses online from our friends down at Highland Canine Training, Jason and Aaron Ferguson. So in the post-Rona world, uh, Training budgets have been getting cut. People aren't going to be able to travel, whether it be instructors or they be canine handlers and supervisors going somewhere else for training. So Highland has announced a lot of online training courses. One of those that sticks out to me is their police supervisor canine course. And it's no secret that one of the problems with canine tends to be some of the supervision issues. This course is specifically designed for administrators and covers utilization as well as liability and FL, FLSA issues. The course can be taken at your convenience and you'll receive a certificate of completion at the end. When you go to Tactical Police Canine Training, that's letter K number nine, training.com and use the discount code WDR30, you'll get 30% off of that course. Yeah, uh, so let's move in a little bit to the advanced stuff. Yeah. Um, so we've got good agitators, decoys mm-hmm. that understand um, like how to mark stuff correctly. Um, we start moving into muzzle work um, for the advanced portion of it. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Uh, so picture drills and scenario drills, I find there's a little bit of a difference between both. Scenarios is more like 
three guys sitting at a table, the dog's sent in, we get up and we run off. There's a little bit of stimulation. The dog just has to pick one and figure out who to stick with, right? Picture drills is more like us sitting here and not, and just talking like this and the dog sent in and we just keep, keep on what we're doing. It's a lot different for the dog. And um, the goal is for the dog to not question the command. So you'll see a lot of experienced dogs in, in uh, muzzle fighting. They'll come in and they'll start searching the doors and the closets and, you know, any hiding spot that the person is just because that's what they've been used to doing is right. trying to find someone and they ignore us talking normally. So what picture drills is just a normal situation for us that's abnormal for the dog. And it's not necessarily about biting the wrong person. It's just teaching the dog not to question who I tell you to bite. Right. Right. So you, you have someone vacuuming a room and I'm not necessarily sending the dog in to, to bite a janitor at a high school or in a hotel room or something, but I don't want the dog questioning that. That's on me. Right. You know, that's me being making the right decisions up at that up until that point, whether I should send the dog in or not. The dog just, if I send you, you just go find someone and you bite them. Yeah. We uh, do a version of that at uh, HRD. We call it, um, I just call it the U.S. Marshall Drill. We have two. We have the Amoeba Drill, and then uh, I call it the U.S. Marshall Drill. Or what do we call the one where we fucking run off? Where basically the Amoeba Drill is they chase a, di- they chase a dude. Mm-hmm into a single guy and eric got this when he was out working on the west coast with the seals and the dog enters the room and all of a sudden there's two three four guys in the room and we have we give zero shits who he goes after i don't care he can go after all of them or he can go after one and sometimes they'll fixate on one dude fine whatever um and then the other decoys will come in and load him up like they'll load him up and fucking send him again load him up and send him again right and they'll send the handler and the second one um, we do a muzzle check and we're just kind of standing there talking with the handler. And I say, okay, as soon as you hear me say, get on the ground, send the dog. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's kind of supposed to mimic that, you know, we don't have, so we don't, you don't have the, the, the benefit of that predicate command, like, Hey, police stop, you know, you're going to get bit this, that, and the other yeah. blah, 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 blah. And so we're kind of creeping around the corner, like we're trying to sneak up on somebody. And all of a sudden, a dude bounces out of a house. Somebody we're looking for. It's hey, get mm. the fuck on the ground! And as soon as they say it, he runs, and we the send dog's the dog gone. And, and he has to go from from just a kind of like hanging out with everybody to on it yeah. and target acquisition and go yeah. now. And he's got to engage, and engage, no problem. And so it's uh, it's interesting to watch the gamut of reactions from some of the dogs because mm-hmm. you have dogs that are super experienced and they're like, they look kind of like SpongeBob SquarePants at once. They're like looking around. They're like, okay. what the fuck? <laughs> What's going on, bro? And then we have some dogs that are, that'll do it and they just crush it, fucking smoke decoys. And it's, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a lot to do with the dog's mentality, really. It's just some dogs, they just don't care. You know, they'll go into a room and they'll just smoke anyone. And then some dogs, they're like, "Eh, who is a threat right here? You know, and then they, it's just, I think, temperament and mentality of of the dog working. Um, But yeah, you see, like, it's funny. It's just handlers expect their dogs to go in and nuke this guy. And then the dog does it. And they're like, he's never done this before. (laughs) It's like, yeah, he just, he will. It's just the dog needs a little bit of exposure to certain things. So let's talk about Alabama Canine. Yep. Um, like, what what do you guys all offer there, and what's your schedule there kind of look like? Uh, really, are we? Let's start with schedule. Ricky makes a schedule, so um, we get. I'm not sure exactly how he schedules the classes, but he just has classes that start certain times, and we mm-hmm. have students that come in at certain times. Uh, we also sell green dogs, so we have departments from all over come in and 
um, test dual and single purpose dogs. And I think we do a pretty good job at picking out right dogs. We try not to, you know, bring those weak dogs from Europe and try to make them, a, put mm -hmm. a makeup on, on them and just sell them. Um, uh, we do handler courses, single purpose and dual purpose handler courses, instructor courses. Uh, my job specifically is uh, when green dogs come in, I'll test them, I'll get them ready, I'll do kind of build up if the dog needs it. And um, muzzle then, conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that until no. the dog's sold. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, but um, is it year round in handler schools? Pretty continuous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very rarely we have we don't have handlers come in. So usually it's one class is halfway or three quarters of the way done. We got a new class starting, and then even in the summer, yeah, oh yeah, yeah that's that's brutal. It's, it's <laughs> super nice in Alabama in the summer. Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking yeah. hot. Where, where did you shit. move there from? New Jersey. Oh yeah, <laughs> I went from really cold winters to really hot summers and, and humid <laughs> and humid summers. Like it's yeah. humid where I'm at too, but not yeah. like that. Oh man. <laughs> It, you get into a bite soup for like four or five dogs, you're you're dying. Yeah. I mean, I go through maybe like three liters of water every day. Yeah, right. that, and that's a that's important to 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 not overdo the muzzle. Like, get, let the dog get in there fifteen twenty seconds. Yeah, it's one hundred and ten ounces. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And they don't have the ability to cool off like we do. Um, we uh, usually just probably back to basics, but we usually have the dogs wear the muzzle throughout the day. So that we don't have muzzle sensitivity, we don't have muzzle happiness. Uh, we don't want the dog to be pre-stemmed by the muzzle coming off. Yeah, uh, on. I was, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because it was one thing I was kind of thinking about because how we use muzzles now, well, how my guys use a lot of muzzles now, especially with dogs that are experienced that have been on the street for you know 18 months, two years, um, is running reps for building searches or with backup guys and everything else, and so. And they'll do muzzle work, um, like occasionally, like if it's too hot to put suit on. Um, but several of our dogs have already, they don't, they're, they bite people. I'm not worried about that, mm -hmm. but I don't need them biting SWAT guys. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, exactly. I don't, why the muzzle desensitize equipment in general, like, I mean, regardless of whether I'm putting on an e collar, a harness, a fuck muzzle, whatever yeah. it is, like, yeah, I need them to not associate like that with anything else so yeah. and i use we use them with the range a lot too we'll put dogs in the muzzle for when we go to the shooting when we go shooting yeah. So, yeah yeah it just keeps everyone safe especially if you if you're just starting a class and the dog's just getting started and you have gunfire going off and the dog's right here and he's going absolutely nuts and you don't know if he's gonna <laughs> fire off on the handler putting him in the muzzle is probably the best way to do it uh and then, yeah, incorporating them into a team is also yeah. the safest way. Although teaching them to wear the muzzle on the same day you're teaching them about gunfire, also not, yeah, not, not no, a good idea. No. <laughs> don't do that. Let's see what happens. No, no, no. no <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> okay, last question, and I just thought of it. Where we're sitting here, what's your ratio between bite work and muzzle work? Uh, well, when, when we first start our class, or when we first start a dog, it's usually just bite work. It's just put the dog in uh, on the bite suit, get the guys comfortable. A lot of times these guys don't have experience in bite suits. So I'm teaching agitation course while I'm teaching a handler course. And it's a big thing, you know, just to get them used to and comfortable getting bit by a dog first and then moving to. So I would say um, beginning stages, bite suit. And if you have control over a dog and bite with, or on the bite suit, it's easier when you have a muzzle on. It's just there's no equipment, there's no prey stem, and there's it's just easier to control the dog at the end with, with muzzle. Um, but ratio, I would say it just varies. 
in the period of the of the class. So when we first start, it's 100% fully white suit and concealed sleeve stuff. And then as we get further along in the class, depending on how well the class is, how much the dog need it, um, it gets to where we're doing 50-50 or 40-60 uh, muzzle work uh, to bite work. So um, we try to keep it. I mean, 10 weeks is not a long time yeah. when you're doing a class, and that's how long our dual class is. Uh, so we try to cram everything and just show the handlers everything that we can and show them maintenance work and agitation and muzzle work and all that so they could do it when they go home. And usually, depending from what I understand, departments are different, but a lot of them stick to muzzle stuff more, and then they do some uh, bite suit stuff. So it really depends. I like doing it um, during classes um, and sometimes during training groups um, when I have new handlers because it lets them focus on handler things and leash handling, line management, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm not having to worry about like getting smoked or yeah. I'm not having to worry about the, you know, the dog, the handler making a mistake and allowing the dog to take, get a decoy that's that surprise a decoy. And so it lets us like really focus on that. So if you have a training group that has new guys or if you're running schools, um, the muzzle work can definitely let you focus specifically on the handler. We were just talking to Nesbeth a minute ago about problem solving and uh, we were talking about how sometimes the handler is the problem. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the muzzle. <Sometimes>. Li- <laughs> well, Normally <laughs> what I start off with is I handle all their dogs for the first few days when they come in for class. And the dogs are usually back tied. So I could focus on handling the dog and ha- uh, teaching the and agitation. Um, and it works out pretty well. I mean, I've not, knock on wood, I haven't got anyone bit in a while. I, I had one guy towards the end of class. He made a mistake and got his hand bit, but that was just a mistake on his part. Yeah, it happens. So you won't put your dick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I wear gloves for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, how do people look up Alabama Canine? Where do they find him at? Uh, I believe uh, online, just uh, a website. Uh, alabamacanine.com I believe what it is I believe there's contact information I don't know how how uh, much Ricky posts online mm-hmm. he's a very uh, like private like he doesn't want to put right work in there yeah I got you. yeah he's just very worried about the way the climate of the you know yeah. politics yeah. is going so he just keeps things um, exclusively yeah, yeah. yeah exclusively for police officers um so yeah i think alabama canine is cool. uh alabama canine.com letter, letter k number nine yeah. yeah and if you want to find see good uh bite videos i got a tiktok jab.k9 jab.k9 yeah jab.k9 we I just post some funny or good videos on yeah. tiktok for now at least <laughs> yeah until the, until we get rid of it until the government yeah. gets rid of tiktok yeah, yeah. yeah. the chinese are gonna take it they're gonna yeah. take it from us well thanks for taking some time man I, no i, uh, I pr- appreciate you guys having me a lot going on here, so right on. All right, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, guys. All right, we love the Perkinsons down in uh, North Carolina at Highland Canine Training. They are great people, great trainers. They got a good business model. They're awesome folks. We've been with them for a long time. Uh, they're also super smart, and they understand that a lot of agencies are struggling to have manpower, so they're not sending people away for training. You guys have been there. You know you put in, denied lack of manpower. So they've created an online course section of their website, tactical police canine training.com. You get on there under training the online course, but here's the best thing is they offer a supervisor canine supervisor course 
which we know a lot of uh, police canine supervisors don't get to go to training. They don't know as much as they should right here online. Uh, the course discusses topics such as proper selection of dogs and handlers, proper deployment, effective allocation and utilization, as well as liability and the FLSA issues, which we know is where all the legal stuff comes from interdepartmental. Uh, the course can be taken at your convenience and you will receive a certificate of completion at the end. Uh, they're offering an amazing discount, guys. 30% off using the discount code WDR30. It's a no-brainer. If you're a police supervisor and you guys have manpower issues and you can't go, get on tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com under the training tab. Get on that supervisor's course, man. I'm telling you, it's a smart decision. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break for just a second and talk about Dogtra, one of our favorite sponsors. Uh, Dr. has been committed for over 20 years to crafting dog training e-collars to perfect and precise fit and finish, intuitive design, and accountable performance. The Dogtra 1900S e-collar is one of my favorites, and it demonstrates what they strive for, an ultimate dog training tool that is durable, dependable, and designed for the most demanding conditions, which I can attest to because I tear stuff up frequently. My favorite is the 1900S Black and the 1900S Hands-Free, which I use all the time. Check it out at Dogtra dot com be sure to use the discount to code wdr10 for 10 percent off any single item over 200 bucks that includes the 1900 and the 1900 black it's no secret that we love ray allen canine equipment we use their products every single day the mission statement says it all to be a world leader in quality and innovative innovation of professional canine equipment for police military schutzen and ring sport to exceed our customers' expectations and deliver on time, every time, at a fair price. We full-heartedly believe they've held to that since it is our go-to one-stop shop for everything canine. Not everything canine alone, guys, dogs in general. If you train dogs, if you have a dog, everything you need for dog or canine, check out Ray Allen Canine Manufacturing, rayallencanine.com. Use the discount code WDR10 for 10% off. Super excited to have American Aluminum Accessories on board with us here at the podcast. These guys manufacture a wide variety of products from high quality cam locker toolboxes to an extensive line of products designed to meet the ever-changing needs of law, the law enforcement community. Around 1992, due to the demand for safe and secure transport for a local law enforcement agency's canine unit, they introduced the very first in-vehicle Easy Rider canine container. So it was basically what we now call just our inserts. They have continuously grown and expanded uh, the products, catering to the needs and the wants of their valued customers and high-profile clientele, and catering specifically to law enforcement. Over the years, as the needs have changed for law enforcement, they've evolved and expanded the products to include inmate transport systems, the canine training aids, which I use quite a bit of, canine inserts. Most of, every one of my guys has one of those things. And you know, you if you're not even have to be in law enforcement, I have several friends that are civilians that work. <laughs> lots of dogs that have the inserts put into their cars too so if you got one that fits you can do it uh they also do contraband and animal control systems just to name a few so be sure to hit them up the website is easy rider online so that's the letter e the letter z as in zebra rideronline.com if you're looking for them on instagram and facebook it's american aluminum accessories feel free to hit them up there too so our first and oldest sponsor that's been with us from the beginning is arno out out at ALM, uh, out there in, in Las Vegas area. Arno is a great dude. He makes great stuff for, for police work and sport work, suits, tugs. I'm telling you right now, his tugs are the best in the business. You can't get any better. Multiple colors. Uh, I, I buy boxes of them from him and give them out to everybody. 
Uh, I've got a bite suit from him. Love it. I've had it for a little over three years and it's holding up like a champ. Um, Ted's got a suit that he's had forever from ALM. Uh, we wouldn't go anywhere else, man. We love it. Arno is such a good dude. His uh, ALM canine equipment.com is the website. Get on there. He's got pre-made suits. He can do custom suits based on your measurements. Um, he's got stuff already, already made up. If you kind of get a kind of generic large size, maybe for everybody, the colors he has, man, is really cool. He can put a lot of stuff on those suits. Uh, check them out. ALM canine equipment.com and use the discount code WD radio for 10% off. You know, running a kennel is one of those things that I always worry about is cleanliness and safety of dogs. And it's, it seems like it's an ever changing issue being able to house dogs and move things around everything else. So the guys at horizon structure make this as easy as possible. Literally the only thing you have to do is have water and power hookups and they deliver it and you can put dogs in that day. And it comes built, comes on a trailer. They just drop it off. You plug it in, put dogs in it, and you're ready to rock. You keep them clean. You keep them safe. You keep them cool in the summer and warm in the wintertime. And it's completely custom. You can go complete mild to wild. I've seen some that were stainless steel all the way from top to bottom on the inside. And then I've seen some for a, a bulldog breeder that, you know, had smaller gates because those things can't jump. So if you reach out to them, uh, they're sitting there waiting for you to call and help you through the custom design process. They have everything from two dog ones up to, uh, I want to say like 18 or 20. It's a lot of, you can put a lot of dogs, indoor, outdoor runs. So anything you've ever dreamed of, they've got it, or have done it or can do it. So they've taken all the guesswork out of building it. Everything is pre-done to your specifications and it's assembled, dropped off, boom, you're ready to rock. Things are amazing. Uh, Rigney has one. Uh, we've had him on the show a couple of times. Go check out his Instagram and you can see he's posted it up there before. Go look Horizon up at Horizon Structures, spelled out uh, on the internet. It's horizonstructures.com. And you're going to look for the link in there that says commercial dog kennels. Or give them a call, 888-447-4337. They'd love to talk to you and get you started on the way. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.